Welcome to Lost in Menstruation, a podcast for women who want to find a better way to hormonal health. I'm your host, Gemma Barry, an ex-nurse, period activist, comedian and herbalist. You might think that's a strange combination, but I wouldn't be where I am without those skills, let me tell you. Be ready for health tips and banter, no filter talking, belly laughs, and most importantly, finding your map so you aren't lost in menstruation. This is the stuff you wish you'd known years ago, but it's never too late. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Lost in Menstruation. Today, I am joined by the wonderful Becky Heaviside. Hi, Becky, how are you? Hi, very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Um, Becky is a fellow comedian, um, and I have seen her on the circuit a few times. It's been always a pleasure to see. Uh, and we're here. Thanks for joining the uh, Lost in Menstruation family of sharing um, stories of periods and womage. Uh, it's great to have you along. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, uh, Becky, what got you started into comedy? Well, I've always been like a big fan of live comedy and going to see um, acts and stuff and on the telly and all of that kind of stuff. And I've always also thought I was a bit of a funny bugger. But I think often as women, we lack the confidence to do things like that, don't we? But then a couple of years ago, I saw an advert pop up on my Facebook about um, doing a comedy course and a show at the end to raise money for cancer, cancer charities. Um, And I thought that's a really good opportunity to do it because A, it's kind of a safe space to check whether I'm any good. And also, nobody can be mean to you, even if you're not funny, because you're doing it for charity, you're doing it for cancer. So ultimately, if anybody tells you shit, they're an arse. So... It's a perfect idea. So I did an eight-week course and then the end show back in June 2018. Um, it was mentored by James Bays. I don't know if you've seen him on the circuit at all. Um, but yeah, and it was really fun. And so I kind of kept it up afterwards because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? A lot of people get the bug uh, after they've done something like that and think, actually, this is quite cool and want to carry it on. Um, yeah, and then of course get a bit of a bad rep, don't they? Lots of people say kind of like if you have to do a course, then you shouldn't do it at all, kind of thing. But I think it's really good for people who've maybe lacked a bit of confidence or like it's not going to make you really good if you're not. But if yeah. you have a few ideas that you want to develop or you want a kind of a, a an easy, calmer way into it, then it's really good. Also, your first gig is to three hundred people, which never happens. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely into eight people in a village pub somewhere so yeah yeah and um and it's just it's a great like getting outside of your comfort zone uh great for confidence boost you know public speaking lots of people do it for lots of different reasons but uh i definitely find with asking that question a lot of people think well i just did it and then i really loved it and now i'm still doing it x amount of years later so um they the long answer as well as like i was split I'd split up with my husband a little while before there was 40 on the horizon, I was 37, and it's kind of like, let's have a mid- midlife crisis. And it's kind of like, I could have got myself a motorbike and a leather jacket and <laughs> a boy or something, but I thought, this seems like a... a I, more- I did both. Um, I got the motorbike and the leather jacket, uh, but I don't think it's a midlife crisis. I think it's a midlife awakening. That's how I yes. like to look at it. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So... You have, I want to say this right, a bicornate uterus. Could you let our listeners know a bit more about that? 
Right, so a biconia uterus is basically a congenital kind of thing. So it's something you're born with. It's basically a birth defect. But during development, when you start off in the womb, um, your genitalia, whether you're male or female, starts off as a couple of ducts and then they fuse. They kind of grow and then they fuse to form a whole. Um, and what I have is a Mullerian anomaly. And there are four different types of it, depending on the severity. And what it means is that it doesn't fuse properly. So depending on how it doesn't fuse, um, you either end up with two kind of complete separate uterine structures. Yeah. So you can have kind of like two separate vaginas and wombs and ovary structures and they're kind of like two full wombs. Or you can have mine, which is basically it's two wombs but one vagina. Yep. And you can have one where it's just a septum between it in varying degrees of separation. And then one where you've just got one horn. But it's called bicornuate because it means two horns. So it apparently it looks heart-shaped by the time you've got all the tissue around it. But when you see kind of ultrasounds of it, it looks like that really scary rabbit from the Donnie Darko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, actually. Yeah. <laughs> kind of terrifying. Like, when I saw the first, when I watched um, a video of somebody having a cesarean with one, they pulled it out and it did look like a big heart, and I was like, that's quite romantic. I don't know why I think it's romantic, but your <laughs> womb on the outside being heart-shaped is romantic. <laughs> well, you have really to see the positive for these kind of things, for sure. But, um, yeah, the, the, the ultrasounds are pretty, pretty terrifying. Yeah. And how did you find out that you had that? Well, um, I found out during my last miscarriage. Okay. Uh, because it was, with biconial uterus, you can have absolutely no problems with it at all, but also you can have, um, there are certain things associated with it, like higher risk of recurrent miscarriage, higher risk of endometriosis and stuff like that so all things that I have because I'm one of the lucky ones um but um so I had an ultrasound for my last pregnancy and they discovered that I had this thing because like typically you wounds on the inside and you don't see it but because yeah. I got into the second trimester they they did like the ultrasound and you can you can see it there and then they do a quick other um scan because as part of it because it's like a a problem with formations and stuff it comes with associated other things so sometimes you have um either too many or too few kidneys or your kidneys are really okay. I think it's all kind of the same and I've still got baby teeth all at the back like no wow yeah no wisdom teeth and yeah. baby teeth all at the back so I guess it's all kind of the same week yeah um so I found out just during ultrasound that was a very long answer to that question sorry <laughs> <laughs> not at all um i'm sorry to hear about the miscarriages um that's not uh that's not a nice way to find out about anything like that um no, i mean technically i found out before the miscarriage but i found out kind of in the context of the pregnancy but um yeah it's before that i knew that there might be something because when i'd been for kind of um sexual health checks in general people yeah. Things like bulky uterus, which is always a nice thing to be described as having, because you can you can feel it. Like especially back when I was thinner, during any kind of palpation, you can feel the outline of it. And I think it is just because there's so much. There's like two of them essentially. Yeah, yeah. Geosis and stuff as well. Obviously, it's there's a lot more of it. Yeah, um, there are some absolutely blinding um, descriptions for our body parts. Uh, I have adenomyosis as well which is often called soggy uterus which is Ooh. really just delightful um, I imagine they're all quite soggy well yeah I just I do think to myself 
is there like a board meeting being held somewhere you know deep in the bowels of the hospital where people just bandy around like really awful words to smash together with uh like for certain conditions because <laughs> i do wonder if there's any kind of like um compassion given to yeah because there's so much emotion around that whole process anyway isn't there yeah. so much of like inherent feelings of worth in your ability to kind of procreate and all of that kind of stuff and just this idea of reproduction as being an inherently feminine thing and like if you don't do it then you're not a real woman or whatever so I think yeah there could be some better choice of words because if you're imagine being like 19 and having some like um gyno guy kind of like going oh you've got a bulky uterus haven't you and I'm like what <laughs> yes oh my I God. don't know yeah that could set off um an awful lot of uh dieting and all sorts of kind of strange ideas about having like a bulky uterus. yeah like what eating plan is best to lose weight from your uterus <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it feels it almost sounds like you've got like a trunk or something in there like <laughs> bulky heavy yeah that kind of thing i think yeah there needs to be a medical thesaurus which comes up with some better definitions for these kind of things yeah. so um did you notice obviously you have endometriosis as well uh so that brings with it its whole array of symptoms and stuff but uh does it or can it cause any um like issues and stuff with your periods and things like that i suppose depending on the severity of which one you have i mean periods are pretty heavy like yep. back in the day when i used to be a tampon user i'd always try and avoid kind of travel on the kind of first or second day of my period just because i could soak through like a super on it within an hour or whatever my parents live four hours away by train and you can't guarantee you're gonna be able to change anything so it did have an impact on my life but I since discovered like a menstrual cup and they're amazing and it yeah. frees you up a lot more so yeah. yeah there are there are issues with that kind of also but I, I've been quite lucky in terms of pain I know lots of people have a lot of pain with it and I, I haven't really experienced that yeah so. that's good because uh, having heavy bleeds is enough right you don't want to like lump the pain no <laughs> But all hail to the menstrual cups. They are a bit of a revelation when you uh, when you know about them. Yeah, um, it's really fascinating. What can I, I've uh, when I nursed, I looked after somebody who had all their um, internal organs the wrong way around. Uh, so see, like the heart being on more to the left side was over to the right. Like everything was, and sometimes you can have just one organ like the heart and lungs over the other way around which um is always like crazy fascinating to look at um my ex-husband once said it's surprising what can go wrong and you still survive like, yeah so many things that you wouldn't even know were wrong with you unless there was a reason to find out i guess like in it's apparently something like three percent of the population well the female population or AFAB population who have these um kind of deformities one of the four different kinds something like yeah of people have a bicornial uterus but in kind of previous generations nobody would have even known because they wouldn't have had the ultrasounds or whatever so if there was no real problem yeah never known and otherwise you just wouldn't have had a baby or whatever and nobody would have known the reason for it yeah i mean our um our uteruses are kind of sat in like a like a bungee situation anyway with all the tendons and stuff there's nothing it's not fixed or anything so absolutely it can rock and roll around and uh i know a lot of women with endo and have um 
a uterus that lies further back so um flow and that was the first thing that a doctor told me like before i'd had like the ultrasound stuff i thought i had a tilted uterus and i think yeah. that was just because of the extra weight of it obviously it, yeah. it, it kind of yeah sits um, slightly excuse me <laughs> just total bad timing of a hiccup <laughs> um yeah absolutely uh and i mean the way your uterus sits and everything uh is really key to your health as well like there's a reason that it's in a you know it needs to be in a particular position so uh having it over to one side or the other or more forwards or back can have um you know changes to your period and uh different you know you can feel things in different places more pressure on the bowel or the bladder and all of that kind of stuff so um yeah it's it's really important to um to get like body work and stuff done do you ever have any like osteo treatment not at the moment but um i am a great fan of having a six monthly check with my osteopath and getting things crunched back into place <laughs> uh, no not really but i do i do have kind of like lower back pain and stuff my sister's a physio though so luckily when i'm kind of back down south i get her to give me a bit of a, a rearrangement and she's got a whole load of exercises and stuff that i'm supposed to do she also specializes in kind of feminine health so i'm a bit of a guinea pig <laughs> amazing it's oh it's not what you know it's who you know always um what a useful um sister to have <laughs> yeah definitely my both of my sisters are really useful in fact everyone in my family is far more useful than i am i do translation and comedy nobody really wants that Ever. <laughs> everybody needs that everybody needs the humor for sure <laughs> it, <laughs> i think they find me that funny though they're just like sharp <laughs> yeah but that's your family they're like <laughs> they're always like that but other people will for sure i think uh humor is a, is a really um underused tool in terms for health and stuff like that uh is this something that ever you like touch on on stage or anything with your um work and things like that oh. Really, um, but mostly because I can't really think how to bring it up. I did try and do something for a while, but it just kind of killed the room because my my husband used to always say that I was like a kangaroo because I've got tiny hands, big feet, a big ass, and I fall over a lot, which he reckons is due to um, no longer having the tail that would give me extra stability. Also, I've got a really tiny head. So he used to always say I was like a kangaroo. Um, and so after we'd had all these miscarriages and went to the doctor and they were talking about the bicolonial uterus, he leant over to me and whispered, kangaroos have two wounds too and it was like kind of a bit of gallows humor but it really took the weight off and made me laugh quite a bit and i'm trying to work that in but it's very difficult to get to any kind of punchline involved so after four miscarriages yeah yeah absolutely kill the, kill the audience but i've only got one period joke and that's because i did a gig and some old bloke said i'm surprised you don't have a period joke being a female comedian so i put one in just because oh my god <laughs> you know every time i hear something like that i just think oh i really thought we'd evolved a little bit further on from that uh i mean my my sets are all about periods so that guy would choke <laughs> yeah, that guy had like eight references to his penis so like i mean yeah, i know we have to sit through all the knob all the knob gags um <laughs> heaven help if you like, oh, period jokes only apply to 50 percent of the audience it's like well pretty much everyone is here because of periods so i'm pretty sure they don't and yeah. i'm your penis only applies to like one person in this audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. So what's his argument? My God. What a catch. What an absolute catch. Uh, uh, I really like my period joke now. So thank you to that old man who felt the need to talk to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you, you do have to be grateful for um, 
some twatty behavior for sure uh, it, some good can come out of it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's uh, and how um how has your life kind of been affected with uh like has it made much changes to it and things and in terms with like the endo and stuff like that is it uh, how have you managed all of that kind of stuff say that i didn't used to travel and stuff for a couple of days when it was at its worst and stuff but i think you just kind of your normal is your only experience isn't it so i think everybody is living their lives around their own personal circumstances yeah um i've had to bleach quite a few sheets in my life i've had to <laughs> train trips and obviously um with the recurrent miscarriages kind of thing that obviously changes what your kind of life plan is a bit there's lots of things i probably could have done about it and but in the end i think i just kind of gave up and went yeah that's kind of i'm quite happy being child i've never been so happy about it until lockdown in honesty it's kind of like I, i've never felt better about miscarriages than when i was sat here just kind of like day after day going like this would be made worse by child screening <laughs> yeah it's uh it is a it's lovely if you can make your peace with maybe a change in circumstances along that line i i've never wanted children myself so um i always feel kind of grateful for that because i know full well it would be probably a bit of a struggle if i did want to um try and grow anything else other than fibroids endo adhesions adeno and cysts in my womb that i'm really class at but uh i think life in general probably you don't want photos of those in the christmas cards do they <laughs> <laughs> not so much not so much no uh yeah it would be i think uh it would be a bit of a tall order to grow a human in there and um, there's just not enough room for anything else uh it's taken up with all the other guff that's there but um but technically you should be able to have children by calling your uterus but it does depend on kind of where it implants because yeah. like that's why the miscarriages tend to be in the second trimester because once it's having to kind of work from your blood supply rather than its own little sac then there are certain parts in the septum or whatever that don't have sufficient blood flow and won't won't support it and stuff so that's why it's it's often later stage yeah as a result of it which is kind of the opposite of what you're always told aren't you because you're always told don't tell people till 12 weeks because that's when it's going to go wrong and so the fact that it's kind of always after that point is particularly difficult i think because yeah you have but i think now knowing what i know now i tell people kind of tell people anyway even before 12 weeks because like it's a lot easier to go through it if you have the support of your friends and family rather than if literally nobody knows why you're suddenly yeah bad yeah absolutely I, it's a strange it's a strange kind of culture isn't it of almost like not telling anybody that you're pregnant until this sort of arbitrary marker almost um and like you say i think it's much easier to let people know sooner rather than later so like you say they have much more understanding of how you're feeling if anything should happen i think also because so many things are so taboo it's like what we were saying kind of before about this this kind of concept of being icky or whatever and there being a concept of too much information tmi about everything yeah. whereas it, it's perfectly natural actually kind of having periods having miscarriages is almost more natural than than not doing so it's yeah. kind of concept of how we're not allowed to talk about the fact that we have hair on our body or that we've yeah. got 
you know, away through 20% of every night out we've had with our friends. And like somehow you're not, you're not allowed to discuss that, even though it's like our everyday reality. It just seems stupid. And yeah. I think benefit from it as well. Men would benefit from knowing that that's all going on. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, my husband's definitely had a baptism of fire of um, like his sort of learning curve about periods of hormones has gone through the roof. Uh, not just with uh, what I do now, but, you know, living with someone who has non-discreet periods, I would say. Yeah, yeah I think like, if you have relationships with kind of quote unquote more normal women before and then you're suddenly confronted by like carry on from like me and it's like, well that's the reality then yeah and I think you're right like having a sense of humor about that really helps because it can it can be cripplingly embarrassing sometimes when you're just like oh great you know you get up and you've left a big splodge on the chair or uh you know you have to I was saying to someone else the other day like most periods start with washing of like the sheets and like you say getting getting blood stains out um I think women who have heavy periods would probably make the best like uh crime scene clear uppers uh because we now yeah. have to get blood out of everything <laughs> we stayed in a hotel in the east end and like i came in unexpectedly and it was like a crime scene and i was kind of like jack the ripper is back <laughs> and I was like that's very inappropriate <laughs> but what can you do apart from scrub it and then leave a letter of apology for the hotel staff it's like yeah yeah totally Oh, absolutely. There's a massive amount of shame of that, you know, if you bleed on somebody else's sheets as well. Um, I know I've come down to, I've been staying at my in-laws, like, when I didn't know them so well, and I'd come down with, like, all of the sheets and be like, I've got my period, that this all needs to be washed now. And I just, like, I just strip the bed and put it in, because I'm like, then it's done, done and dusted, and no one can really talk about it or, like, be like, oh, no, leave it. I'm like, no, no, it's all done. I think that's why it's good to have like kind of openness about things and to have good friends and people who know stuff like my um best friend came to stay and then one day she was just like oh yeah I bled on your spare bed I'm sorry I'm like that's fine we'll just wash it but I think it's cool that you can develop those kind of relationships with people and kind of overcome that sense of yeah yeah totally because no one would feel bad if you threw up you know if you were unwell and threw up on something they wouldn't be like oh you know you know have some control or whatever else because you can't help that either so it's yeah mm. just need to kind of own it um so i always end on this question do you have any funny like story around your period that you can share with uh with our listeners today i don't know whether it's funny but i have like a deep-seated trauma about my first ever period um, <laughs> i think lots of us do yeah so after probably years of having pads kind of carefully stowed around the house and in my locker at school and all this kind of stuff yeah. uh, my body treacherous vessel that it is decided that my first period should be on a school trip to Brittany a day trip where I had literally nothing with me at all brilliant obviously it was unexpectedly although now we know not unexpected to like heavy like proper heavy so like um in one of those French toilets where you have to literally squat anyway like yeah. so proper toilet and I was like oh shit so I had to wad myself and then go and tell a teacher yeah uh, I had a 50 year old woman march me into a French chemist and um ask for uh like sanitary towels for me and then made the whole group kind of stand outside this disgusting public toilet while I went oh, and <laughs> oh my god you poor thing and, then, and I'm like so I guess it's kind of funny in hindsight 
very deep trauma. Yeah, I would have some very deep trauma and some very deep karma to be hoping to be dished out to that teacher. Um, I think she was just kind of like, I think because she was fine with it. I think she was just very matter of fact. I think she was trying to be as matter of fact as possible, but like not taking into consideration just how devastated a 12 year old would be about it. Just like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just die, just chuck me, just chuck me in the in the towel and have yeah, just let me, let me go leave me behind <laughs> everyone else <laughs> for all of us if i just die now don't don't do anything <laughs> and this is why we need free like period products in all bathrooms and toilets and stuff for these exact moments like yeah. it's uh, how many times i've gone somewhere started my period uh and thought oh fuck and not had anything on me and how easy it would be just to have like something in a public toilet that you could just grab and use until you can get home or buy yourself a packet or whatever else. Yeah, definitely. I think like there are more and more pubs that have like little baskets with kind yeah. of like period products and maybe some deodorant or something in them. And I always think they're really excellent. Just yeah. little things to kind of, if you go, Ooh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't think for one second ever, someone is going to empty the whole contents into their handbag. But you know what? If they need to, that's fine too. <laughs> if you're so desperate that you have to like nick some kind of Tesco value pads out of a pub toilet, then I think you deserve to, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think period products need to be more readily available um, than they are uh, because it is really quite a nightmare when you get caught short without one um especially like you say if you have tsunami bleeds as well that's just like <laughs> it's all your yeah. worst nightmares come at once and being <laughs> I feel like a certain kind of pull in my back and then I'm like I have approximately half an hour to find safety or else it's all going horribly wrong it's almost like someone's pulled the pin out of the um hand grenade or whatever like mayday yeah. mayday yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh you can you can take a little while let's like have another cup of coffee and I'm like well no no <laughs> oh Becky it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you my love today um all Becky's links and stuff to her comedy and things will be popped on the show notes so you can have a little look and find it out there um but yeah have a wonderful rest of your day and thanks so much for coming to chat to me on the podcast thank you very much for having me no worries see you later take care thanks for tuning in if you loved it feel free to leave a comment and give us a follow you can find more information on my website thewellwomanproject.com or come find me on the grid on insta or on my facebook page you can also drop me an email gemma at thewellwomanproject.com Any information we've shared today will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Big love, Gem.